Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Volume. Yo, what's up, y'all? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, there that so bitches. <laughs> what up, y'all? Uh, okay, so, what's up? Brand new episode of Snaps. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. I am T-Bob Bear. Um, and that laugh that you just heard, did it sound like Aaron Murray? If you're watching on YouTube, it doesn't look like Aaron Murray. And that's because it is not Aaron Murray. Aaron is out doing some sort of quarterback one bullshit with, uh, other uh, quarterbacks. I think him and Carson Beck are sitting there hanging out, or maybe it's like him and Jacob Eason or I don't know. No, Jake Fromm. Jacob Eason never actually played there. Right. Mike. He he, he did for a half a year. Okay, for half a year, for half a year. That voice that you hear is very near and dear to me, and I'm very glad that now our Snaps family can get to uh, can get to hear him as well because we just spent an entire football season together basically every day, and that is Michael W. Brand, a.k.a. SEC Mike, uh, the host of That SEC Podcast, which is the highest-rated SEC pod on Apple and Spotify. Fuck you. I guess I don't know. Are we do we are we an SEC pod? Maybe I don't know. But either way, he does great work. Uh, we're also gonna talk to Brooks Austin. Uh, as last time Brooks was on the show, he created a clip that did over a million views when he sat there and shit all over Michigan. <laughs> and then we put it out into the ether off of my Twitter account, and now everybody thinks that I'm Brooks. So we're gonna have Brooks on, we got SEC on, or we got Mike on. It's gonna be an SEC heavy show for these reasons, guys. So I apologize to all of our um Fans from elsewhere, you know it's still gonna be fun. You know it's still gonna, um, you know, if, if you like college football, which there's, have you seen that chart making the rounds today, Mike? Where, like, what is it? Okay, I got to pull it up right here. Fifty uh, percent of the total views of college football, which does big numbers, right? Like second only in the NFL in the sports space. Fifty percent 
of the views come from 18 schools. 50% of the total views basically from 13% of the uh, of the total schools. Yeah, and let me guess. Uh, probably about 10 of those are SEC schools. So Yeah, yeah. On the chart, uh, <laughs> I, I should have given it to that, that highest bar that you see there. That's the SEC. Exactly. That big, big yellow bar. So, so that's why we hey. spent so much time talking about uh, the only conference that really matters. Uh, some guy says, no way. You can be an SEC podcast if you admitted that Michigan has the best defense this year. I agree. I agree. Mike, Mike has refused to acknowledge this year's uh, national champion under the, under the the terms that they are not from the conference that matters. Therefore, they do not matter. Is that correct? And they didn't beat Georgia, and they cheated the, most of the season. So, yeah, <laughs> throw all that in there. <laughs> didn't beat Georgia. Can't be my champ. <laughs> Sent from a Tennessee fan. What a cuck. Uh, so we'll we'll just have Brooks hop in here whenever he can. Um, Mike is, again, him and Cousin Shane do an awesome pod. Y'all should all check out. We did Rivals together this fall on Stadium's TV channel. That was very fun. Um, Mike is so committed to the game that he moved away from Nashville, away from his girlfriend, and into bumfuck Tennessee in the woods just so him and Cousin Shane could do the show in person together. I mean, that's how it's done. There, that's how that's commitment, my friends. Worst living conditions of my life, but maybe the best work experience of my life. So I, oh, I would yeah. do it all over again, even though uh, I think I got tetanus once or twice while I was out there. Uh, Mike, I saw on your Twitter profile something I've never noticed before. As I was just getting a little cheat sheets to introduce y'all, uh, you worked for Dick House, like the the Jackass production company. That was my first job out of college. Yeah. What? What were you doing at Dick House? You got to give me a story. Do you have, or is there, if there's something interesting, is there anything interesting worth talking about from Dick House? I mean, there's so many things to to talk about. Excuse me. Uh, are we allowed to curse on here? Yes. Yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Okay. Great. Because my first day, they said, all right, if you can handle this, you can handle anything. And I don't know if you're familiar, how familiar you are with the franchise, but I came on right as um, they had already shot Jackass 3D. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We, they were doing 3D animations for one of the guys. I think it was Aaron. I could be wrong, but one of them Danger shit, Aaron shit out of a volcano, and it was like pixelating the shit to in for 3D format. That was my first day <laughs> at Dick House. So yeah, I started as an intern, and I was a post PA. Uh, it was one of the best years of my life there. So that that, that was a hell of a time. Oh, Mike, that's fucking awesome, man. And then me and Mike share a love of basically all things nerd and movies and whatnot, which, by the way, bro, uh, I just saw Dune 2 dropping March 1st. Let's go, dude. The wait is almost over. I'm fucking excited, man. I, thought- I, got, I got my edibles lined up. It's going to be one hell of a night there. Yes. And so we share many passions, as you can see. <laughs> um, all right. So we do have a lot to get to today. I want to, I want to, again, uh, we'll start with some news pieces. Uh, and then I wanted to talk Georgia and we can also talk Tennessee, right? Cause Mike's from Tennessee he covers all sec, but from Tennessee, um, I want to rank quarterbacks. I want to talk about the coaching hires, your take on it. I want to see how you feel about, uh, Kurt Signetti, not in the sec, but has an sec attitude. Have you seen any, uh, I didn't even know that Indiana hired Kurt Signetti from JMU. And now I've I've seen a couple of clips that have immediately got me fired up for that, uh, for Kurt. That's the shorts guy, right? I mean, wait, what's the shorts guy? 
Isn't he the guy that is always wearing shorts? I mean, I, that's a big no. They, they basically ran Dan Mullen off as soon as he was wearing shorts on the sidelines. I'm going to have to, uh, oh shit, dude, maybe so. I'm not, I'm not sure, but he has, I'll say this. He has a uh, fucking confidence out the ass. If we could all be as confident as Kurt Signetti is. All right. Um, <laughs> first, uh, oh, people are asking me how the wow raid went last night. Uh, it went, it went well. Well, guys, uh, your boy got some gloves. I got a staff. I did not get the staff, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's okay. We got another shot Saturday at it, and we're going uh, to get it done. How about this, Mike? I'm, I joined a random WoW guild called the Old Farts Guild, and you know, it's a bunch of old people playing together. Mm-hmm. And the leader of the guild, Four Dragons, he's from Gainesville, Georgia. And he's a Georgia Bulldog fan, of course. Out of anywhere in the world, doesn't run to a Georgia Bulldog fan. He's not too sure about Aaron Murray, though. Said he cost him the 2013 SEC championship. Mm. Painful memory right there. It's got to be for a dog. Painful memory, kind of like you've lived through with Tennessee for the past 15 years. And, Mike, I guess we'll start with Tennessee until Brooks gets in here. Because Tennessee's in a weird spot. Okay. And, 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 uh, we all do a bunch of shows with each other in this business. And on one side, I'm partnered with Jake Hester and we did a top 12 and he was beside himself that on snaps, we had put Tennessee in our top 12 over Mizzou saying how ridiculous it was. And yet here on snaps, air Murray, be it Yamaliava, Lance Hurd, or whatever it is, the 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 growth that you saw last year without a great quarterback and what that could translate to going forward, he feels very strong that Tennessee should be ranked 10th in the entire country. Um, I'm not going to ask you for an opinion between the two because I think it's all impossible for us to separate our bias, but do you legitimately think that Tennessee should be in like a preseason top 12? Borderline. I, I think it's fine to put them just outside of that range with certainly the potential to, to do much better than 12th. But there are a lot of, uh, you know, we talk Nico, we talk Lance Hurd. Yeah. Is he a day one left tackle? I mean, there's there are unknowns that we're just kind of expecting that that they'll be day one. Well, they'll, they'll be day one starters because Tennessee doesn't have anyone else at quarterback and left tackle. But how good will they be? I guess a high level of competition. But you know what's funny, T. Bob? All these people get enamored with uh, Ole Miss and Florida State, and and all these teams that go all in on the NIL. Well, yeah. there's another side that people are not looking at, and it's teams like Tennessee that are also heavily involved in NIL. But it's not going out and getting free agents. It's getting guys that have played multiple years, starting at your school, mm-hmm. particularly on the line of scrimmage. Tennessee is going to have. Uh, guys across the board, offense and defensive line back for super senior seasons to help Nico. They added a, a touted receiver, Chris Braswell, who I hear, I mean, the, the staff's wild about him. They're getting Brew McCoy back, Squirrel White's back. So he's going to have weapons. They went out and got a tight end from Notre Dame. Again, I I don't think it's going to be 2022 Tennessee offense, but I think it's going to be a lot closer with Nico under center than uh, it was any time last year with Joe Milton. Has it uh has has the Amaliava set the has he set the bar too high with that bowl performance? You know what I'm saying? I mean, essentially he had two years of hype, right. it felt like. Uh or did he only sit one year? Or a year well, yeah, and a half because he early freshman. enrollee. Okay, he was a true freshman, but he was an early enrollee. Or yeah. no? Okay, yeah. okay. So he'd been on camp, he's been on campus for a while now. I guess a full calendar year. 
but um, he he's kind of percolating in the background the entire season. People are fucking pissed at Joe Milton, but you know, the, the coaches, I think rightfully so look at the NFL, look at a guy like Jordan love. There's something to be said for actually giving guys just a modicum of time to develop and to get better and to learn. Uh, so the coaches sit him, they, they season him, they season him. And then finally, Tennessee fans get his wish. He has the big audition on the big stage. He gets a really good Iowa defense, regardless of what you think about the offense, a damn good, Iowa defense, and he looks fantastic, dominates, does it through the air, does it with his legs. Uh, but is it, but after that, you've kind of seen expectations shoot through the roof. Is it too much, too fast based on a relatively small sample size? Perhaps. And I've seen the comparison just to Joe Milton last, uh, not last, oh, yeah, but, but the so. previous one. You know, he was stellar in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, who was a, I believe a top 10 team. It was the best performance Joe Milton ever put together. So th that's why he got so much hype. A and certainly, again, I think Joe Milton gets too much blame, but he was nowhere near the level of hype that some people were giving him. So I, I think that's fair to say too, but it's different to me, T-Bob, because Joe Milton had failed once before at Michigan. Yeah. He was anointed the starting quarterback by Josh Hype. A lot of people forget that. And Hendon Hooker only got in because of injury. So true. he essentially failed twice. And and now we were to believe the third time was going to be the charm, which I think it was much different with Nico. And here's a key stat that I looked at going into that bowl game, T-Bob. Tennessee last year, 122nd in the country in red zone touchdown percentage going into that bowl game. They were number one in 2022 when they were number one offense in the country. Nico, first start with both offensive tackles out, four red zone trips, four touchdowns. Mm. So he took... An offense that could not score in the end zone, and he got it there every time. I, that's how you really define a good quarterback. And again, it's just one game. It's a bowl game. You can't put too much stock into it. But how you execute in the red zone will tell you all you need to know about a, how good a quarterback is. Bro, how much money is Tennessee out here spending? Or actually, explain this to us. Because I tried to explain to Aaron yesterday, but I don't know the details. Uh Iamaliava, you told me, and maybe I'm wrong here, but you told me that he essentially, um, he is like, does Tennessee own his NIL rights where if he was to transfer and get paid in other advertisements, that money would actually go to the collective? Correct. Is that, so, <laughs> so, so what about right now if he gets a shoe deal? Does that money go through the collective and then to Iamaliava? Uh, I, I don't know the specifics. It may go back to, uh, you know, paying what they have essentially already committed to him because I think, oh, he's, wow. I think he's making like $300,000 a month for three, four years is what the contract so, is. So, okay. So interestingly, you're saying that he, he has accepted almost like a flat base salary and any money that he makes. I, I'm guessing if it fills up to that salary, then that goes into the, what the collective is paying him to kind of pay for itself. But then if it would overflow, I would hope that would go to him. But that's very interesting. So so that money could actually be going to back to pay for the original money that he's being paid. Correct. That's how I understood it. And I understood it. If he left, they're not going to stop him from getting NIL, but none of that money will filter to him. So what would be the point of him doing right. any of those things? So uh, it was a little bit of a loophole. fucking do it dirty over there, dude. I, I think mean, they have geez. since closed that loophole. But uh, <laughs> at the time, I believe that's that's how it was structured. 
Um, so, uh, hey, what is Shrek doing in the chat? This was my swamp. Uh, what's up, Shrek? Welcome for the first time in the show. Um, hey, by the way, thank you, everybody. 14K subscribers. Love to see you. The road to 15K begins today. Uh, hit the like button. Greg Hendricks, he's making $2 million a year. But Greg Hendricks says that's ridiculous. He's making more than most NFL QBs. Uh, you can say ridiculous, but Matt Rule, and, and honestly, it's not more than most NFL quarterbacks right now, obviously. But uh, Matt Rule done told us, right? If you want a badass quarterback, you better be willing to pay around one to three milli. And, uh, oh, yeah, right. go ahead. And there's layers to this too, T-Bob, because, uh, you know, I've, I'm not going to pretend like I'm deep in the weeds of NIL, but I speak to a lot of people who are, yeah. particularly in in prominent positions. But, you know, when this all came about, no one knew it, it was the Wild West. And at, when it first came through, it was throw money at these at these high schoolers. That has since shifted significantly. It's about yes. 80% college players keeping your players, getting free agents, maybe 20, 25% to the high school prospect. It was completely flipped prior. And this was right when NIL got passed. And Nico was essentially, as I understand it, he was looking at Oregon. He was looking at Alabama. He was looking at Georgia. So the way Tennessee looked at it, we just had an 11-win season. Haven't had an 11-win season in 20 years. We can pay this guy. It's all legal. Or he's going to go to Georgia and Alabama and whoop our ass for three <laughs> yeah. years. So what what did what did they do? They they ponied up, and again we could sit here and say this is outrageous. This is this is you know uh, should never be allowed. But if Tennessee goes to the college football playoff next year and God forbid wins a national championship at any <laughs> you know not even next year but the, in two years, yes, I mean it, th this would be the greatest investment in college football history. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And look, if it's the thing is to your point. People are starting to prioritize transfers and retaining players because they're less risky. I mean, they are known quantities, right? Like, this is not hard stuff to understand. Now, like any new marketplace, it's always, you know, that that um, the obviousness of it all only comes with hindsight, right? Like, at first, yes, we all thought, oh, you're going to pay all the high schoolers. Well, no, of course, you want to pay the guys that you've seen play on this level that you know can have impacts immediately and they're going to be less risky. It's like... I mean, th that's why I always talk about with recruiting. I care about the macro, not the micro, because you never know who's going to go boom or bust. So paying in the Iamaliava was a big risk, but I agree with you. It was a uh, calculated risk, and the rewards were more than enough to justify said risk. And, you know, one game, but very early on, like if he gets Tennessee back to being playoff relevant, you know, a 10-win team for two, three years in a row, like – what more could you hope for? Like, like you said, like Tennessee will actually make that money up on their back end. I mean, and already, you know, having an impact, I don't know how much of an impact in this regard, but like Andy J says, I could see George McIntyre getting similar money to Nico just because what he means to the state is impact to recruit to the South. Nico came from Cali, um, which only so many cows use it. But the point is like already, if you go into Yamaliaba and then McIntyre ends up being in, you're hitting that uh quarterback pipeline combined with a hoiple where you'll be able to convince you know talent for years and years and years to continue to come to Tennessee because they're going to set you up for success. Right. Five years ago there was no five-star quarterbacks eager to go to Tennessee. <laughs> now what they now they don't want to play for Jeremy Pruitt. Huh? <laughs> now <laughs> they're now they're get they got two in three years. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's yeah. the snowball has already started. Now it's on them to continue that momentum. But uh again it's it it has already begun clearly. 
Um, Aiden Likoski, the real hard hitting question today. Did you get the epic drop in the raid? I did not. I did not. I did get a couple blues though, boys. So we're not. No, it wasn't a holy. And I had a lot of fun along the way, which is the main point. I just fucking love nerd now with other wow nerds. Uh, some guy question for Mike. We know the Hilljacks can't beat UGA, but what are the odds they might beat a down Bama? I mean, I th- that's a foregone conclusion, isn't it? I mean, Nick Saban couldn't win in Neyland Stadium the last time he stepped foot in there. How in the hell is Kalen DeBoer going to do it with uh, a decimated roster? Uh, How decimated yeah. are they, though? Because because this is this is something that I know, I'm sure you all have talked about. It. I, I've thought about it a lot lately, where like if you looked at the staff and the hires, they would be A-plus hires all around, right? Like, these right. are any school that would get the staff that Alabama just assembled would be fucking hyped. Uh, however, it comes at a time when it's not Nick Saban and you are losing, guys. But this will still be Kalen DeBoer's most talented team he's ever had. Where's your head at with the uh, Bama expectation? Yeah, and I'm, I kind of agree a lot with what you're saying, T-Bop, but uh, I do love kicking Alabama while they're down, as I know you do. <laughs> yeah, They've yeah. dominated the sport for 20 years, basically, so I'm going to have my fun. But you're 100% right. I don't care who they've lost. They still have a top 10 roster in college football. The The data that I look at, coaching data, says the board is a top five coach maybe a top two coach in the entire country. You're talking about that matrix analytical thing that dropped today. It's starting to get some waves on uh, in the Alabama circles. Correct. So they have him as the top on-field coach in all of college football. So take that for what it's worth. I know he's not been at the Power 5 level a long time, but he was the top candidate. If he's as good as they say he is with the roster, this is by far and away the best roster he's ever had to work with. Yeah. I think, T-Bob, I don't think this is, too crazy to say. I think Alabama wins a national championship in the next two to three seasons. Now, if... Fucker, Mike, don't tell... What the fuck, bro? I would also go the other way with it, though, t If they miss the playoff at any point in the next three seasons, they'll run his ass. And they should, because they have a playoff roster, mm-hmm. and it's it's on the board now. He's, he's coming down here. I hate when these people say, well... Who wants to take that job? It's, you know, it's such a difficult, I don't, I don't care about any of that. If you're a competitor, you have just inherited a roster that is national championship worthy. That's why all these coaches, at least the good ones, get in the game is to win the national championship. Yeah. It, it's all set up for him to succeed. I don't have much doubt that he will succeed. What I have, what I have severe questions on is can he sustain it for three, four, five years? I don't think he will because I, I don't think anybody could, particularly someone that doesn't have the ties to the South that he doesn't have. But I think that's a bigger hurdle than getting Alabama back to the national championship. Well, like you said, I mean, on the field, we know, like, Kalen is a, a sure thing, right? Like, a, a, a literal can't miss, essentially. It's the off-the-field stuff where... Uh, that that's where the potential problems would come in. And not even stuff that DeBoer can control, right? Like, uh, you know, I for my local radio show, I cover the New Orleans Saints a lot. And going from Sean Payton being the head coach of the Saints for 15 years to now Dennis Allen, even though Dennis Allen was on staff and knew everybody in the building, they kept a lot of the same pieces in place. Um, it has created drama and rifts that it just never healed because the new guy is not the old guy. And so it's like, can DeBoer overcome those things? That's going to be the biggest hurdle. Shit, on the field, with a team he's got, and if Jalen Milrow can commit himself like Jaden Daniels did this last offseason, which, by the way, Jaden Daniels now being mocked second overall 
by Mel Kuyper to the commanders. Unreal. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, you know, it's funny. My, well, hold on. I'm getting distracted. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. So if he can handle the off the field stuff and I'm not worried about recruiting, I think he'll be able to do that just fine. Um, I think culturally South Dakota is like the South, like I said, rules rule, uh, then yeah, Alabama should be as relevant as ever, but it's just like, you know, 10 and two makes the playoff, but is 10 and two good enough for Alabama fans? Like, like literally accepting that you may lose a, you know, may you, you might even go nine and three one year. Uh, are you okay with that? That's what I have to decide. Uh, what I was getting at with the NFL, Mike, it's kind of fascinating. You know, Caleb Williams comps to Patrick Mahomes, right? And Jaden Daniels comps to Lamar Jackson. We have a literal draft proxy war going down in the <laughs> AFC championship this weekend as teams try to decide which blueprint they want to try to move forward with between these two. I would right. not be surprised if Jaden maybe jumps Caleb throughout this process. We'll see. He's got a lot of momentum right now. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that's very fascinating. But I do want to say one other thing before I before I yeah. forget to you about, about Alabama. One thing that that it, that is not being discussed enough, but this is very real behind the scenes. Now, I'm not saying Alabama's poor. I'm not saying they don't pay players because we all know NIL. You know Bryce Young. He he really kicked off a lot of this salaries for these players. But they got a Nick Saban discount because they yes, knew very you true. could go to Tuscaloosa, take less now. You're going to make significantly more in the future. Mm -hmm. That is no longer the case. I don't think Alabama is set up to be as competitive as the top dogs in NIL right now. Now, they, they may be in six months. They may be in nine months. I don't know. But that is seriously something to watch because as this roster, that's that's why some of these guys are leaving too. They want to get paid because they don't they don't know that Caleb Boyd can develop them, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, to get them to the NFL like they knew Nick Saban could. Yeah, I mean, no, that's a great point, Mike. Um, and especially because while well, Nick Saban did wonders for the Alabama economy, and it's actually, I I want to say it's pretty strong compared to its neighbors. Like, I live in Louisiana. We're dog shit. Mississippi's dog shit. I can't speak on Tennessee, but Nashville seems like it's kicking ass, right? Um, so, like, and, and, and look, I, I think there's a very, like, Birmingham seems like it's got a ton of investment going on. So, Alabama has its moments, but like I, I don't think the Alabama economy holds up against like Ohio or Georgia, right? And those are the two schools that are similar in that look, they have massive state economies. They've got really one flagship that people give a fuck about. And so they're gonna have more money to spend. And like that's why you see someone like Caleb Downs hitting the portals that okay, well, now Saban's not there anymore. I can just go maximize my worth now. And I learned a ton of great lessons and I'll still get paid in the NFL uh, going forward. Um, let's get to a question here from Kenneth Crosby. Boys, are college football fans ready for the facts uh, that six conference champs are guaranteed to spot in the playoff without a Pac-12? That means two G5s. There's no way they're putting two G5s teams in. Yeah, I think they're, they're in the process of amending that currently. There's no fucking way. It's going to be uh the power four one group of five and then all at large right i mean surely there wouldn't be anything else that's by all reports that's what they're going to do they have not confirmed that yet um andy j has the incoming coach everyone in natty after replacing a legend uh less miles won one two years after saban left and that was kind of a, now that was a two loss team that was fumes you know he kind of did it on saban's fumes hey credit to miles 
He made it back with his own squad in 2011. But yeah, there's, I mean, actually, it's happened a lot in college football, right? Larry Coker, Miami back in the day. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I don't know if Davis is a legend, but that certainly Larry Coker did it. Um, but like there, there's, there's been coaches who have won natties and then later been kind of exposed as maybe like not as, uh, good as you would originally thought when they were holding up that trophy on the stage. I think Lincoln Riley may fit in that category. He didn't even win it, but he's, you know, knocking at the playoff seemingly annually. Now it's, it seems like he's taken further and further steps away with potentially better quarterbacks. Massive year for Riley. Out West, dude. Year two, the fucking from the night of the Pac-12 championship, in which my third child was born. So I'll never forget watching Utah beat the shit out of USC after been talking about how USC was going to win all week. From that <laughs> night on, everything's gone to shit for USC. It was a dream beginning of the relationship with Riley, and from that moment on, it's been 500 football, defensive disappointments, massive amounts of transfers. I don't think it's the worst thing. I think sometimes when you have a ton of transfers like that, your culture can almost be cleaning itself up. I think I saw an element of that when I saw USC fight during that bowl game in the manner that they did. Um, I am deeply intrigued by the Vegas matchup with LSU and USC because of the commonalities between the two teams, both replacing Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, both coaches going into a very important year three in which they're going to be expected to take significant steps forward, both completely rehauling defensive staffs that were failures with actually quite exciting moves. Like, I love what USC's done. I love what LSU's done, but both cannot win. There can only be one, like the Highlander. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to be in Sin City. I'm trying to get my post game at Spearmint Rhino, but not <laughs> happening yet. Uh, I cannot wait to be in Sin City, though, breaking that game down. Is that a Sunday game? I do not know. I do not know. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll, I'll have to check. Hmm. Man, that's, that's going to be one hell of a matchup. I mean, again, it's like kind of an everything on the line for both squads. Like LSU fans, if Brian Kelly loses a third opener in a row, <laughs> LSU fans are going to be fucking disgusted. Because <laughs> that's like one of the biggest black marks in the Kelly era this far. It's been a lot of positive as well. But like, it's not just that they lose the first game. The last few years against FSU, they haven't looked like they understood at all the team that they had. Like they completely reworked the offensive line like two weeks later. Like uh, they, they, the, the guy who got the first touch of the season, I don't even think was on the team two weeks later. Like it's, it's, it's crazy how badly they misjudged their, uh, their squad coming out of camp the last couple of years. Oh, you don't have to tell me, T Bob, because I'm the idiot that all offseason said LSU is going to win the national championship. I said it on national television multiple times. Yeah. And we, I must have had about, 20,000 Florida State fans watched my <laughs> post-game show and they, they were just calling us two, two fat plumbers, you know, yep. on and on. I mean, they were... They, Mario, for, Mario. <laughs> for two weeks, they were going on and, and, hey, I deserved it for running my mouth. Uh, look, I'm no, I'm no stranger to being shit on by the internet for my takes either, right? Kept telling Texas that Steve Sarkeesian would fail them, miss there. It seemed like I missed on Venables for a bit, but I don't know. Rip Venables done fucking shot himself in the foot after that Texas win. And I think Oklahoma fans got to be questioning everything once again. And then I was right on Christopher. I mean, the dude remains the biggest fraud in college football. <laughs> um, 
Oh, wait, because we talk about it all the time on snaps, where do you fall on the Mark Stoops spectrum? spectrum? Mike, is it Stoops or Poops for you? Uh, I mean, I, I am coming around to, to Poops since hanging out with you because I, I don't think he's that bad. I, he, what he is, he's a C coach. So Kentucky fans can't, can't get their heads around that, but that's what he is. He's a C coach. He wins the games he's supposed to. He loses the games he's supposed to. He'll pull, he'll <laughs> yeah. pull an upset rarely, and then when he does that, he drops a game he shouldn't, like a Vanderbilt. So again, he's a C coach. Um, Oklahoma is an enigma right now. I agree. Who knows what to make of Oklahoma going into next season? And they got a really tough schedule. Texas has a significantly easier schedule uh, next year. Uh, and I'm hearing T Bob that uh, Venables, I you know, I'm starting to learn more and more about Oklahoma. I guess he is not in on NIL. So, I how are they getting these recruits then? Because I, 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 I thought I thought that's what, I thought that was like Venables' one saving grace to me was like he seems old school, but he's going to at least like you know be in on paying the players to stay competitive. Well, he's losing his own lineman to the portal. Yeah. He's sure. not getting guys out of the portal. And I that's just what I've heard is just he is just he does not want that in the locker room, which that sounds great, but in the SEC, good luck. Cause uh <laughs> the other teams are doing it. And if you you aren't, I mean, he may have got that from Dabo, and that that's the one thing that could kill him. What the fuck, dude? I was about to say you're telling me that a pro Dabo coach is anti-NIL. Can't believe it. <laughs> Can't believe it. you're telling me, Mike. That the coach that sat up there and yelled about, if you're committed to us, you can't take visits anywhere else and blah, blah. You're telling me that guy isn't down with NIL? Don't believe it. <laughs> don't believe it. Now, again, I don't know. I'm sure they're paying. They're, I'm not naive and saying no Oklahoma players are getting paid, but I guess they're just not, they're not outbidding people, basically. And I thought yeah. Oklahoma, I thought that's kind of coming with the territory with their their reputation, I thought. No, I mean, I did too, man. I mean, I thought that's like, Part of the reason how they've always made their hay is right. like a shit ton of oral money and they're going to put it into facilities and now they're going to put it into paying players. And really during the offseason, that was Vittable's loan saving grace was his uh, recruiting class and whatnot. Um, all right, we're going to keep this rolling real quick, though. Let's hear from our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet just five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBOB. New customers bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB, T-B-O-B. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics. 
UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you ever do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, all right. Uh, Mike, I ain't even asked you how long you stay. Are you good to hang out for a few more minutes? 
It's the off season. I got nothing to do. Yeah, fuck yeah. That's my guy, dude. <laughs> um, I got to try to go craft these purple boots after we leave here. Very excited about it. Did a bunch of steps last night. Nice. Um, Tommy Venables isn't going to last two more years at Oklahoma. They have standards. Yeah, we'll see. Dobby didn't jump on because I thought it was Slim Shady, not the SEC Mike. What up, Mike? Hashtag Dying Dynasty. Yeah, where the fuck is Brooks Austin, dude? I mean, Jesus, we put him on the thumbnail and everything. He must have found out I was on, and he said, to hell with that. <laughs> um, Andy J says, Dabo Colt is how Venables, Venables is doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is Venables, again, as we always say, doesn't have a head coaching resume to fall back on, but he was around a very successful program, only that program is now looking as behind the times of any program in the entire country. Not good. Uh, all right, Mike, let's look at this. Let's, uh, I want, okay, be, in honor of your boy, Nico, let's rank the SEC quarterbacks going into 2024-2025. Uh, tell me if we need to add any one of this list. I got Beck, Milro, Dart, Nuss, Ewers, Yamaliava. Anybody else? Uh, like anybody else worth putting in the conversation? I mean, I I think there's potential in several others, but no, I I wouldn't anoint anyone over any of those guys. Certainly, um, I think I like Jackson Dart number one. Really, I know a lot of people are into Quinn Ewers, but I don't know, Mike. You look at last year's numbers. Quinn Ewers was not. Oh, Brady Cook, duh. Brady Cook has to be in there. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Brady Cook needs to be in there. That's fine. Good job, Chad. Thank you. Um, yeah, I I think that. I mean, look, Carson Beck, I think, was fucking awesome this year. Um, as I was worried about against the best teams on the biggest stage, he did get exposed a bit, uh, but he should be able to fix that this next season. I think the style of offense that Georgia runs will maybe hold him back from feeling statistically overwhelming. Like, I think he'll probably be the best NFL prospect out of this group. I don't think we're going to look up, though, and he's going to have the best stats. Um, I think I like Jackson Dart. In that, in that, uh, and in, in, in that position. Well, I'll tell you why I like Carson Beck and possibly Brady Cook as well. It, it, it's it's year two. It's year mm -hmm. two in the same system. Brady Cook technically year three for him, but just year two playing for Kirby Moore. I think generally you see that because it's pretty rare these days, D Bob, that we have the same offensive coordinator, same quarterback with so much transition. We see guys like Jane Daniels and Hendon Hooker. I mean, if you have an elite coach and you're an elite player, you really start to take off that second year in the system. So I kind of have those two circled. Uh, you know, we should have mentioned Brady Cook right off the top. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's right there. But uh, I, I can get on board with Jackson Dart. I, the only thing is I, I just can't get it out of my head how he performs against Alabama, how he performs against Georgia. Even Mississippi State seems to have figured him out where he's very tough. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I just I don't see him as elite. Now, maybe he is, but you know, I've seen two years of him. And, and I th I think that's enough for me to say he's not one of the best quarterbacks. Well, exactly. In the You've seen two years of him, and you mentioned those guys being year two, but Mike, I, I know that I don't know how the Tennessee education works, but you know it's better than two? You know it's bigger than two? Three. And this will be the third year for Jackson Dart 
under Lane Kiffin. And if I look at the jump, I mean, think about this. So even focus less on maybe how you felt about what Dart did overall last season and look at the jump from two years ago to last year. Massive, right? I mean, they were literally ready to replace Jackson Dart. That's how unhappy they were. The whole team collapsed, yada, yada, yada. He said, okay, he gets to the lab. He says, I'm going to work my ass off. He comes back this last season. I mean, 23 touchdowns, five picks, 3,200 yards, 65% completion. Uh, I mean, those numbers are right there with uh, Carson Beck. Those are better numbers than what Quinn Ewers had. And and and, and he could run better than both of those other guys can. And I think Ole Miss is going to rely on him even more this season to be that leader. And look, I think he balled out. Well, actually, what numbers did he end up with against Penn State? Let me see. I mean, he had a he had a hell of a game. Three hundred seventy nine yards, three yeah. touchdowns. That's I'm, a good defense too, Mike. But look what he did against. I mean, again, Mississippi State, awful. Yeah, uh, Georgia, awful. Alabama, all. I mean, so if I look at his leap from year one to year two, though, I think that would be where I need where like if he's going to be number one, like I'm granting him the rank of. You're right. That's what he's going to have to fix. Year two to year three is showing up. Every single game, especially in those biggest games. Mm -hmm. And I guess my point is the ceiling. I don't, I just don't think is as high. It, the ceiling is higher for guys that I've only seen one year and particularly in the same first year in the system. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it's, I get what you're saying. It's generally the, the takeoff year. And, and hey, can Jackson Dart double what he just doubled? If he does, yeah, you're right. He, he's a Heisman contender, and Ole Miss will may, they may win not only make the college football, but they may win it if Jackson Dart is the best quarterback in the SEC. I, I think they have that kind of potential, but I'm just not ready to go quite there, bro. This shit's kind of crazy. Um, we got good quarterbacks in this league next year, right? Because I'm, I'm mathing out this list, and I'm like, if I go Dart one, I'll probably I, I would go Beck two. Um, and then I think most people would go Quinn three, but I'm with you. I would go Brady Cook over Quinn. Uh, and then who's after that? Are you going Quinn after? Are you going Quinn after Cook? I know you don't have Dart atop your list, but if if we just were to say Dark Beck Cook Ewers, you're going Nico over Milrow and over Nussmeyer. No, I would actually put Jalen Milrow probably second. Which, okay. Uh, people think that's crazy, but, uh, and he's not Michael Penix. They'd be foolish to ask him to, to be Michael Penix, but that's what good coaches do, T Bob. They just, they adapt to the personnel they have. I think Jalen Milrow playing for Kalen DeBoer, I think that could be a lethal combination. I get it. He, he was just a first year starting. Okay. So, no, so year. I missed, I misunderstood you because I'm actually on the same page with you. Like, if Jalen Milrow can improve in the same way that Daniels did, his physical skill set is so fucking freakish. And like you said, with Kalen DeBoer's tutelage, he could become... And look at how DeBoer used... Not that he would use Milrow like this, or he'll use him however he thinks best. Look at how DeBoer used Penix at Indiana, though, right? When he was more of a runner. He used to get after it. He used to highlight those legs. So even if Milrow doesn't become the traditional pocket passer that a Jaden Daniels did... Or that a uh, or or that a Penix did like, you know that DeBoer is still going to maximize it. I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying Beck and Cook two and three because I would go Jalen Milrow. Uh, I, I have no problem putting him second on this list either. 
Right. And people look at, again, he did not have a great game against Michigan. I get it. That's the last game we saw. But this is how the internet works. Steve Bobby's trash. He can't play. Well, I saw him trash Georgia. I saw him gravedigger Auburn. You know what I mean? Like you, you are a good player. When I see it in those moments, he's far from a complete player. But again, just year one, I I think you're playing for a significantly better offensive coach and an offensive coordinator. I think Alabama probably has got the best coordinator duo in the entire SEC next season. Maybe Texas, we throw it in there. But uh, yeah, I I think Milrow is poised to take off, like you said, if he commits himself to the game this summer. All right. And then, okay, so we we kind of have our top grouping and we'll keep it tiered for now. We'll go Dart, Milrow, Beck, Cook, Ewers. Um, I guess out of the names, so so you're taking Nico over Nuss? I think so, yeah. And me and you, Mike, we need to have some sort of wager this season about which one of our young phenoms is going to do better. <laughs> the Nuspus or the Nico Rico? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that didn't go anywhere. Uh, and one guy, I, I'm not writing this guy off. I think some people, maybe that they're not writing him off, but they just not seen enough of him. Connor Wigman. In I'm, I am Klein's guilty. I am system. guilty of like ri- writing him off completely. So tell me, explain to me why people are so hyped on on Connor Wigman. Well, he's a five star quarterback. Admittingly, he did not play a ton of football, but he came in and he just lived up to the hype right out the gate early in Texas A and M season. They did lose to Miami, but that was on the defense because he was high flying and yeah, offense was was going. He got hurt, I think, four or five games into the season. So people just kind of wrote him off, kind of forgot about him. Mm-hmm. But he he's more mobile than you'd think. Uh, I mean, you go back two years ago, he played sparingly as a freshman, but there were plays, and maybe Harold Perkins was hurt. I don't know, but there was plays Harold Perkins was chasing him, and he couldn't get to Wigman. So he's got some mobil- mobility. He's got the big arm playing in Colin Klein's quarterback-friendly system. I think Connor Wigman's one that could take a massive jump this season. Uh, all right, so this is a tentative ranking. We'll solidify it maybe with Aaron, and then we can graphic it up, but we kind of got some mixture of one of these guys is going to be at the top, like Dart, Milrow, Beck, Cook, Ewers, then Nico, then Nuss, then Connor Wigman. That's a lot of good quarterback play, Bob. And don't uh, write off Jackson Arnold either at Oklahoma. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's now, true. I'd certainly put him at the bottom because he's not shown enough, but I, he's got massive potential. I think he's in a tough spot. I think he's in a tough spot there. I don't, you know. Right. I just... Replacing the entire offensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm probably guilty of being a prisoner moment to the bowl game in which how the hell are you supposed to replace your whole line and work in a freshman quarterback and look good? But yeah, that's a, I think he's kind of battling. I think he's kind of swimming against the current, right? A little bit. Uh, Hummus Hero says <laughs> SEC homers, aka Mike, terrified that everyone can pay players now and Disney is losing control and won't be able to manufacture titles anymore. <laughs> Georgia, and he goes on to say, uh, wait, where's, where's uh, UGA headed for mediocrity. Enjoy these last couple of years before everyone catches up. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, Lost one first. game in three years. Mediocre. Yeah, that's, I mean, by God, that's. Hey, he said heading for, mediocre, <laughs> for mediocrity, okay? He didn't say mediocre now. He said heading there. In, in what aspect? I mean, what do they just have? The number two recruiting class in the country, the best coach in the country. They they are literally stealing away Alabama coordinators to make them position coaches. 
yeah, that's they're in decline, certainly. Um, now I think Hummus is an Ohio State fan, and I would say, yeah, okay, Chris, Chris Tran, our producer, Mike, makes a great point in our StreamYard chat. Um, Georgia's one and one in their last two. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. And really, the win shouldn't even count because it was against a team that wasn't even a team anymore. So really, Georgia's zero and one in their last two with a non-decision. Uh, it's not trending in the right direction. Is all I'll say. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> here I think is an Ohio State fan, though. And if I was an Ohio State fan, I'd be beating my chest right now as well. Because speaking of NIL, you ain't fucking around. Buckeyes are all in and they pay it, right? What is it like 13 to 15 million we're hearing they put into this roster? Yeah, but they, don't they still have Ryan Day and, and Bill O'Brien as their uh, coaching staff? I mean, so help me out. Good here, luck. Though, because good luck. is Ryan Day, I mean, Ryan Day's resume is actually incredible. Um, not, not the big games. I I mean, I just saw him get his ass whipped by Missouri. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of, oh, it wasn't this year. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> but even Bill O'Brien resumes is actually incredible. Right. But well, like, there, yeah, it, it, you're right. I mean, I think he's like 46 and eight or something insane like that. Yeah. Only, There's only a couple losses. He's got three to Michigan, couple in a bowl game, national championship type atmosphere. So yeah, certainly. The talk that he's on the hot seat seems crazy. But again, if they, they invest this much, Michigan, all they're losing, if they can't win their conference, if they oh, can't. They have to. They have to. They if have to if they can't, you got to run him off. I mean, because I, I can think of 10 coaches that could, that should win that league with that roster. Yeah, if you don't win it this year, I don't know if it's a firing on the spot, but it's definitely the late, like it's setting you up. Like it'll be the next year will be everything on the line with a potential firing midseason if you were to catch a, a loss somewhere. Um, Hummus here says, I was honestly kidding about you, Jay, but other teams will catch up to some degree, especially Texas. Look, I, I think other teams are, that's why I love uh, this current era of college football. It's democratized it. Like, all of a sudden, Tennessee's back. Look at all the quarterbacks we just named. That doesn't happen without stuff like NIL um, and the transfer portal and all the teams that are exciting to think about. Like, try to do a top 12 right now, and once you get past the top one, really, maybe two, if you give Ohio State the benefit of the doubt, uh, it's madness. Like, right. you, you, like, like what? Like, or is Oregon really the fourth-best team in the country? Maybe. I don't know. I think they got a lot of positive momentum. Is Ole Miss fifth? That's where we put them. Maybe, but a lot of teams could be. So no, I, I think we live in an awesome era because of all of this. And um, yeah, if you're if you're willing to pay, man, you can be competitive. And that's why when all this nil started, who was against it? Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. Yes, and that's true. why I rallied for it because <laughs> it's exact. It's exactly what would happen. And yes. These same NIL people that I speak to, that's what they said. They said the pool of national championship contenders is going to go from three to 12. And that they, they weren't talking about the playoff format. They were talking about actual contenders. And we've already started to see it with TCU making the championship. I, I know that was kind of a joke of a path, but they got there. Uh, Washington mm -hmm. getting there. Michigan yep. winning. When yep. three years ago, they probably would have ran Harbaugh off if he didn't beat Ohio State. You know what I mean? So... You can get there, you can get there quickly, and this is great for the sport, even if it's not necessarily great for the SEC. I think it's great for the sport. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is as well. Um, by the way, I forgot to mention this off the top, but Will Rogers staying at Washington. 
Our boy Aaron Murray's SEC records are safe. So let's give it up for Aaron, dude. Will Rogers not coming back to the SEC. Not going to challenge Aaron records. Murray will continue to fight another day. Uh, how, what do you think about Jed Fisher, Washington? You think he's going to do good? I'm surprised he didn't hold out for Florida. I mean, I mean, I that was huh. the fan base that I saw was most disappointed when he took that job because that's the guy they've zeroed in. And with the talent he had coming back at Arizona, I mean, I get it. The, the future in the Big 12 versus the, the Big 10, that all makes sense to me. But given what Washington's losing off that roster and now it, it, additional players to the portal with the natural coaching change, mm-hmm. I, I think I would have stayed at Arizona another year. I really would have. Yeah, what's the deal? Okay, why is Chad? Okay, look, Bo Kennedy says again, logic doesn't matter with UJ when it comes to T Bob. And some guy says, Oh, I know T Bob hates UJ, just like 100% of others you say. Explain to me how I hate UJ, guys. What I tell you last year was going to happen. All I said was that y'all were going to dominate the regular season, put up massive numbers throughout, but I wasn't sure when it came to the big games if they would be able to replicate the success of Stetson Bennett and Todd Munkin with Bobo Beck. Well, I'll be damned. What happened? You dominated the regular season. You put up great stats. You got in the big game. And Bobo, I mean, Beck made the critical error that ends up costing you the game on top of just being generally unthreatening all game. You guys in the chat were all bitching about Mike Bobo after that game. So, like, again, like, I don't know what I'm telling you. Shit, I said they're the number one team in the country. What do I have to, I have to, I have to get on my knees? I have to swallow? Like, what, like, what, like, what are we talking about here, dude? I've not talked to any shit. I'm just saying that. I, look, I think, I think they'll win the Natty next year probably because you have Beck and Bobo year two, right? It, it was a lot of that was year one, getting to know each other. I think this next year they can, potentially get over the hump and there's no Nick Saban and Nick Saban was obviously George's daddy. Um, well, hey, speaking of that real quick T Bob, I, I have heard many times over now that Nick Saban, the thing he wanted to accomplish more than it, and this sounds crazy, but the thing he wanted to accomplish this last season, prevent Georgia from going three for three because he never could do it. And when he did that, he decided to call it quits. Yeah, I've, I've heard that many, many times from many yep. people. So, I mean, how wild is that? I mean, I'm not saying that it's it's the decline uh, decline of of Georgia that they'll never win again. But they'll no, never, it's Nick Saban though walking off too into the into the distance and always be, having that over him, right? Exactly. Like, Fuck you, you didn't get me. And in the end, you thought you had me, and you didn't fucking get me, and I'm out later, <laughs> bitches. As good as Kirby and Georgia is, they'll never win three in a row. I, I don't think they'll ever win two in a row again. Okay, look, I'm sorry. I think I misunderstood the chat. Let's be clear. Yes, I love to talk shit about Georgia. And I love to fuck with y'all. And I love to hate on them. Uh, but yeah, I just want to be clear that like my shit talking and analysis can be two separate things. In that, yeah, they're awesome. But yeah, fuck you. I hope I hope you guys lose for sure. Uh <laughs> Okay, we're going to wrap up here, but the 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 thing to think about is, to me, my bigger, out of the Saban exit, the biggest thing of all, and I apologize when you get to Kurt Signetti, we can do it tomorrow, but the biggest thing of all is that since he arrived at Alabama, he had the number one recruiting class eight times. Jimbo had three, Kirby had two, and you had a handful of guys with one, right? Um, that I believe, regardless of Kalen DeBoer, anything else, that's where the real madness takes place. 
because all of a sudden now Kirby feels like he might be able to, it feels like in the old system, Kirby just would have slotted in there and he would have had eight in a row. Nowadays, I'm not as sure with all the, all the changing elements of college football. Like that's where I feel like, uh, uh, you, you could maybe finally have some rotating competition at the top again. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're hundred percent right. It's just, it's so chaotic. It's, it's so hard to predict the future, but it is going to be a headache to stay at the top for very long for, for so many reasons. There's moving targets. There's NIL. Yep. There's, there's locker room where you got to keep your roster and you got to recruit your roster. You got to keep your players. You got to look at the future. You got to juggle the portal. I mean, it, it is going to be impossible for anyone to have the, the type of run that Nick Saban had in Tuscaloosa. I, I don't care how good Kirby Smart is or anyone else. They'll never do what Nick Saban just did. Uh, that's Mike Bradman, host of uh, the S- That SEC Podcast, a fantastic podcast. Him and Cousin Chain do great work. The highest rated SEC pod on Apple and Spotify. Go sub to him there. Um, the YouTube channel is That SEC Podcast as well, correct, Mike? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so make sure you go sub on YouTube as well. I know y'all are killing it over there. Um, I mean, obviously you just heard Mike for an hour. I mean, what a good guy, right? I, I text Mike to come on. I forgot to even tell him how long. And here we are an hour later, just chopping it up, having some fun. And uh, for the listeners, he told me 1215. Yeah. About 10 minutes or 20 minutes before noon. He said, Hey, oh, how yeah. about noon? <laughs> I was at the gym. So I had to get my car. Oh, leave. no shit. Dude, I, my I, bad. Dude, I timed it perfectly. Oh, I'm sorry, I dude. timed it perfectly. But that's why the hair is like it is today. So I, I wanted to show up on time. My fucking dog. See, man, I love you, Mike. That's, that's, you're, you're, you're a good man. Real quick, because I know you're a movie guy as well. Favorite? Uh, oh, look, this exit. Perfect question from Zach Pitcher. T-Bob, do you like Marvel or DC comics? I grew up a DC guy. Mike has quite the extensive Marvel collection. Oh, yeah. Big t- big Marvel fan. I, I think all DC is trash. <laughs> Superman. I mean, that's the lamest superhero ever created. Uh, Batman is just a rich asshole that w- thinks he's cool and has got all these gadgets. I mean, the re- the only one I like from DC is Green Lantern. He's the only one that I can. I can are, are you are you are you just sucking up to me? Or do you mean that for real? No, I always thought Green Lantern was kind of cool. And they could ch- change the guy. And it changed the personality of the ring and the powers and all that. The movie is awful, of course, but no, uh, the movie is hot garbage. I, I like that was the only DC comic that I liked. Uh, fuck yeah, man. That's crazy because like, that's how I got into DC was I just loved Green Lantern, even though my Green Lantern was Kyle Rayner, who was the nineties Green Lantern. And he was awesome because this was after the GL core got destroyed and he was the only one left. All the guardians had poured their power into one ring and he was a comic book artist, right? So gone were the days of Hal Jordan just making like baseball bats and mitts and like trains like <laughs> Kyle Rayner would have like mech samurai with fucking machine guns and shit. Um, also, I know this is a little hackneyed and tired now, but Batman has severe mental problems. Uh, it is probably <laughs> the thing that that new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson played best with right. was they showed that no, this is a weird motherfucker, and his real personality is his psycho, violent crime fighter. Like the Bruce Wayne shit is the mask. 
and he's awkward as fuck and he doesn't really know how to be human because he's not well adjusted. Grief has ruined him. And now he's throwing out underage kids in front of bullets in tight speedos <laughs> because I don't know why. I don't know why you choose an 11 year old to be your, your crime partner. But uh, yeah. Yeah. What my favorite Batman was when the the Joker beat Robin to death. If you that was that was yes. the highlight of it. I thought it's um and and look Joker to be clear Joker is one of the all time good uh comic book villains. I would say Spidey's got quite the rogues gallery as well. All right, Mike Lasson, what's the most expensive comic you have in your collection? Ooh, interesting. Um, probably, and I sent you this photo too. I th I think it's uh. Spider-Man, like number thirteen, green, green. First, no, fourteen is the first Green Goblin, but the one I really like is is twenty three. I think it's it's the best cover that uh, in comic book history. It's Green Goblin taking away Spider-Man on mass, signed by Steve Ditko, the artist, and Stan Lee, the author. Ooh. Everybody knows Stan Lee, of course. That that's probably my, my most expensive one. I'm looking for, uh, I'm trying to find the pictures uh, that you sent me. Wait, so you said Spider-Man, which one? I think it's like 23, maybe. Okay, yeah, I think is, uh, yeah, there, th I think that's it right there, huh? That's the, that's 14. That's the first oh, okay. Green Goblin. Look at that, dude. Mike owns that. That's fucking badass, dude. In near mint condition, too. Damn. Damn, workout, bro. Um, all right, dude. I, I think Killing Joke. I don't think Killing Joke was when Jason Todd died. I think no, Killing Joke was when, when they shot Barbara. Yeah, yeah got, got yeah. paralyzed, and he took Commissioner Gordon basically through a house of hell. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Killing Joke should. Killing Joke should. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining us, um, Mike. You're the man. SEC Mike. You already know. Like everything I said. And a huge thank you to Chris Tran for producing today. As always, uh, Pat Gunther. Danny Cardenas, Christian Hunter, Adam Gracia, everybody on the Snaps team here, man. And the biggest of all, thank you to you who all listen to hang out with us every day. Please hit the like button, sub to the channel, go sub to that SEC podcast. Mike, thank you so much, man. And we'll see y'all tomorrow for brand new Snaps. The Volume. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.